Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, graciously joined by... Steve Sponskowski. And we are excited to be with you. We've got a great show that we will preview here in just a moment. But before we go any further, we need to start with a prayer because we are called to place all things into the hands of Jesus. And that includes this show. Yeah, so let's start in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you, and shall, you shall renew, renew the face of the earth. Lord, we give you this two hours. We give you our entire day. We ask you to fill it with your grace, with your wisdom. Give us your courage and your counsel as we continue to strive to grow closer to you, Lord, to serve you in this world and to bring others into relationship with you through our example and through our words. May we be your loving children, your faithful children, so that one day we can stand before you and hear those words, enter in, good and faithful servant. Mary, our mother, we give you this gift of our time today, and we ask you to wrap it into a beautiful gift, a beautiful present for your son, that it might be worthy of him and help us to follow your example of absolute faith and trust in Jesus, our brother and our God. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of the grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with, with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we have, as Steve mentioned, we have a great couple hours coming up here uh, on Real Presence Live. Just to give you a little bit of a preview, our, our first guest uh, comes from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, or NICOSI, and we're going to be talking about uh, human trafficking and the legislative efforts to combat human trafficking, as well as their, they have an annual summit going on uh, to end sexual exploitation, have a bunch of different speakers, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then in the second half hour of the, the first hour, we have Elza Spady on, and, and she's going to talk about Healing and Restored. It's a, an organization she found, uh, founded, and she'll dive more into that. In the second hour, we have our friend Joe Rutten talking about the Faith and Business Conference coming up in Sioux Falls. A lot of excitement there. It's always a great time. And, and I think, Steve, when you, when you bring faith and business together, only good things can come from it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think that's, that's the way it should be. So. And then in the final half hour, we have Bishop John Quinn of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and we are going to be talking about a three-year plan by the bishops to bring more catechesis to the Eucharist, and what a gift that will be. We'll dive into that. So, stay with us. We have, as we were mentioning, a couple of solid hours here on Real Presence Live, Um, a lot of great topics to cover, and uh, we're excited to be with you this morning. 
I will say, though, as we head into this first topic, that it is going to be uh, more sensitive. You know, we're talking about human trafficking and, and sexual exploitation. And so, if you have sensitive ears in the room, in the car, it might be a good time to just... Um, turn it off for a half hour and come back and, and listen to the podcast. These are important things we're talking about, um, but we do want to honor the, the innocence of children and, um, and make sure that um, you, you as parents are, are making those decisions in, in what you want your, your children to be exposed to. Yeah, absolutely. It takes about, for, for my family, it takes about 20 minutes to half hour to pray a rosary. So if you haven't done your morning rosary, um, maybe you got uh, started late this morning and couldn't do the rosary. Now you can, now's the chance to pray your rosary. You can pray it for us that this conversation goes well. Also pray it for all those who are affected by this topic. And then at the end of the bottom of the hour, you can come right back. Yeah, exactly. So without further ado, let's uh, introduce Petrina Mosley. She's the Deputy Director of Legislative Policy at the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. You might hear us talk throughout uh, the interview uh, in calling it NICOSI, um, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. And she works to lead legislative efforts at a state and local level uh, in consultation with the Director of Public Policy, working closely with Nicosi Research Institute to um, help legislative options and develop legislative options to battle uh, sexual exploitation and sex trafficking. So, Petrina, good morning, and thanks for being on with us this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Can you just start by by talking a little bit about there, there's a lot of things involved that you're involved with at Nicosi. Can you just tell us a little bit about some of the work you're doing in your position as the um, Deputy Director of Legislative Policy? Yeah, so really when it comes to combating sexual exploitation at the legislative level, it is a patchwork game. Really, a lot of the strong work that is done is done at the state level, not necessarily at the federal level, as a lot of people believe, but there are definitely some federal solutions that we're working on. When it comes to states passing their own legislation to protect their women, children, and boys and girls, it's really in the experimental phase right now. The, the sexual exploitation lane is kind of honing its pillars um, to see what will work because the playing field is constantly changing, Brandon. Um, we're seeing online exploitation be ever more prevalent than anything else. Um, online is where this is taking place. So with that, that comes the rapid change of technology, that comes in uh, data privacy issues, that comes with encryption and firewalls and a lot of other data talks that I'm not going to bore your listeners with. So you really have to get sophisticated at the, the legislative level to combat the, the biggest ground of, on, of exploitation, and that's online. So we've been working with states like Texas, Louisiana, um, New York, Maine, uh, all over to look at specifically PSAM issues, that which is child sexual abuse material. PSAM stands for child sexual abuse material. And how that is so prevalent online, what can we really do? You have people's sexual abuse being filmed and monetized and distributed on these online platforms with virtually no recourse because platforms are saying that they have immunity. They're not liable for the content that is published on their site. So we've been working on legislation to combat that, um, also to make sure that predators don't have easy access to children on these online platforms and social media apps. Um, So, I mean, that's just one of the ways that we're we're working at the state level. It's a patchwork. Um, Oh, and the last thing I definitely want your listeners to know is 
uh, at the state level, we're working at combating the demand for sexual exploitation. Um, and that is really where we find a lot of our issues. But when it comes to combating the demand, we know that there would be no sex trafficking, prostitution, uh, or soliciting of child sexual abuse material if there was not a demand. So how do we go after the demand, those who are buyers of this type of abuse? So we're working on that as well, and um, it's, it's an uphill battle, but it's a battle that needs to be fought now before it gets even worse. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot we can dive into there. Uh, I do want to circle back, though, to when you were talking about online exploitation. And uh, I, I work for Covenant Eyes. I'm a parish support specialist. Um, and so what we do is we seek to, to battle pornography, right? We, we help men and women in their struggle against pornography. We actually have a great partnership with Nicosi um, in, in helping because there, there is a, there's a correlation between online exploitation, uh, pornography, and, and human trafficking in general. I wonder if you can talk a lot about that because I, I, I don't know that, that people understand that there is always this tie, right? We, we can sometimes view pornography and, and you know, think that it's not harming anyone when in reality it is creating more of what you were talking about too, that demand for other things like online exploitation. Yeah, I mean, what most people don't know about pornography is that it is very addictive, and it rewires the brain to want more and more uh, deviant content. And it also wires the brain to want to reenact what they're seeing, because as they're watching it, they're getting, you know, huge releases of dopamine, which is like that feel-good hormone that comes from your body. And so they want to act out what they see. Well, what does that mean? An increase in paid sex. Well, to handle that demand, we know that that is sex trafficking. Um, paid sex, which some will call prostitution, sex trafficking is virtually inseparable and, and invisible at the same time because you don't know who's willing and who's not willing to participate in that type of exchange. Uh, also, when it comes to pornography, many people don't know that the people who are behind the camera are actually real people who may be Willing or unwilling, you don't know. So with fake, I think we may have lost Petrina, but we will get her uh, back on the phone. And they needed some type of, you know, economic welfare. So really, pornography just opened a lot of doors to further exploitation for a lot of people. And it's just best to just say no up front. Just don't do it. Don't watch it. Yeah, and, and you know what's what's interesting is that um, you know you were talking about the the state level and how there aren't really a lot of things happening at at the federal level, and you know it's kind of interesting when 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 you talk about wanting to make changes just in the government itself, you know it, you're always encouraged to get involved locally and and get involved in in as small of government as possible because that's where you can okay. really make a difference. And uh, you know we have a couple minutes here before break. Okay. Yep. Can you, can you hear me okay? You know, I think we're going to head to a break here quick. We'll, we'll circle back around and get um, Petrina back on the phone and, and continue our discussion here when Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
the number one nursing program in the nation, the University of Mary. Of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide, Mary is ranked number one by the National Benchmarking Service Mountain Measurement. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And eligible nursing students receive their senior year of tuition free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation. Check us out at umary.edu nursing. That's umary.edu nursing. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Steve Sponskowski. And we're visiting with Petrina Mosley of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. She's the Deputy Director of Legislative Policy, working at a state and local level to introduce uh, and help pass legislation to combat human trafficking and and sex uh, trafficking. We had uh, before the break. We had talked a little bit about what what she works in um, as far as the the different areas, and and um, we we talked a little bit about uh, the state level and the battle at the state level, and how we can work to combat uh, demand. And so, you know, Petrina, I I want to visit that um, again, especially in terms of the state level. You know, in terms of getting involved in government. We hear that, you know, if you really want to make a change, you get involved at the lowest levels of government and then, you know, change your local communities and have that branch out. Um, and you were saying that there, at the federal level, there really isn't a lot of ground being gained right now. And so you're working with state by going state by state to, um, to help change policies and everything. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, working at that local level, working at that state level as far as, you know, really starting that, that grassroots movement to bring about meaningful change? Yeah, I mean, really, because we are a national organization, we work very closely with the public policy groups on the ground. Uh, we work with advocates on the ground, parents, um, even just people who care 
about this issue who want to get involved. We work with the eyes and ears who are closest to the ground to really make legislation pass because representatives want to hear from their constituents. So we work with them when it comes to research, getting talking points together, op-eds and media, um, but really just empowering them to continue to do the work that they're doing. But uh, legislatively, when it comes to combating, let's say, uh, prostitution and trafficking, that is done at the state level. Uh, you'll find many laws at the state level that will either prohibit prostitution, but they have no laws in the books that prohibit buyers. Uh, and that's an imbalance that we want to correct because we know that prostitution is inseparable from sex trafficking. The, the operation elements are pretty much the same when, when you look at it. There's recruitment, enticement, solicitation, uh, transportation. The only difference is sex trafficking is defined as forced fraud or coercion when it comes to the exchange of sexual activity for money. But you don't really know who is really being forced, frauded, or coerced into doing the sex act. And really, when there's money exchanged, is it really authentic consent anyway? You really don't know. And what we've heard from survivor testimony is that in the moment, there there is a time where they disassociate you know, what they're doing with their bodies from their mind. And they come out, and they get healed, and get some relief from their trauma, and they realize all the lies they told themselves in order to keep going in that life. And oftentimes, when you, there's a person who's being trafficked or pimped, it's done by a family member. So that there's a lot of trauma variables involved in, in the sex trade that just requires a lot of sensitivity. So legislatively, what we're looking at is making sure that these women are, are treated as victims of sexual exploitation, victims of sex trafficking, because they're not the ones doing this and bringing home all the money. No, this, this is a business. Sex trafficking plus prostitution is a business. And it makes a lot of money. That's why you have such a demand for these women's bodies. Now, like I mentioned earlier about the demand, that's kind of where we want to hang out and, and changing some legislation is, is saying, hey, if there were no buyers, would there even be a demand for women and children's bodies? No. So how are we changing the law to hold accountable those who are seeking out this illicit activity? Because right now, there's a lot of states who don't have that on the books. Um, I will say the one positive thing is that recently Texas has become the strongest state right now when it comes to tackling the demand, going after the buyers. Uh, they just passed legislation that would make it a felony for a first time sex buyer. A felony. I mean, that is pretty strong. And they're sending a very strong message that sexual exploitation and buying people for sex is not going to be tolerated in Texas. People and women's bodies are not commodities to be bought and sold. So we're, we're really um, excited about that and hopeful about that, uh, that maybe that will be a ripple effect across the state. Uh, any step in that direction is improvement because right now, we just we know that without the buyers, there would be no industry for this. Thank you, Patrina. You know, it's a kind of uh, staggering to to think that uh, the majority of this is being done by family members. The exploitation of family members, which shows really the breakdown of the family, is the beginning of breakdown of society. You talked a little bit about uh, combating the demand. There are there other you know internally. I mean, you're talking about creating laws here to combat the demand. 
you're doing other work, you know, checking out your website. There's the got a listing of the Dirty Dozen there and, and of, of some of the businesses that are involved in this and some of the uh, success stories that you've had. Can you share with us a little bit of that combating the demand and, and going after some of the, uh, the big companies that are, are part of this, the problem here? Yeah, so our annual Dirty Dozen list is a list of corporations and platforms that, that facilitate sexual exploitation, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. But uh, this list brings it to their attention and brings it to the attention of the public. Um, and really what this campaign is meant to do is to put that public pressure on them to, to stop facilitating that exploitation. Once you know, once you see, you can't unsee what you're doing. And oftentimes they do know. They just needed pressure to stop doing it because, once again, sexual exploitation is a business. It makes a lot of money, unfortunately. So uh, when it comes to victories, so we, we've been working with Google Chrome for about a decade and getting them to default their Google Chromebooks to safety. Uh, that's a, a hashtag that we're using and a campaign that we're using for other uh, digital products. But the, the hashtag is default to safety because we know that young kids, are accidentally accessing pornography on these Internet-capable devices. And you have a lot of schools right now who are distributing Google Chromebooks with no filters. Or if they have filters, it is so complicated to turn them on. It takes like 20 to 30 steps to turn them on, and you have to call the Geek Squad to help you do it. It's just way overcomplicated to, to protect your kids when all the companies have to do is just basically just default the filter to be on. And this has been a decade in the process, but uh, we have finally come to a, a, a great success point with, with Google on this when it comes to Google Chromebooks uh, specifically. Um, so moving forward in September, they will default their Chromebooks to safety by having the filters automatically turned on so that you know these innocent eyes won't accidentally come across pornography. And then also... They are taking off the incognito mode that is in the Google browser. Mm, a lot good. of people like to use that for private browsing or whatnot, but you know, often we found that this is a workaround for curious kids who, you know, can accidentally stumble upon explicit materials, and the parent would never know because it was all in, in incognito mode, so the browsing history is cleared. Mm-hmm. So they're getting rid of that feature as well. So we count that as a huge success, knowing the amount of people that are. Um, and the amount of children that are going to have these products in their hands are now going to be defaulted to safety. You know, what I love about Nikosi is is what you just said, and that's you, you don't give up. You've been working with Google, you said, for, for a decade, and now they're just finally <laughs> coming around. Uh, and I, I think it brings up an important point, right? Uh, like, we, we have to keep our voices heard. We can't just, you know, speak up and then get shut down and just say, oh, I, I guess this isn't a battle worth fighting, you know. It's it's something where we, we have to keep, you know, blowing the, the bullhorn and, and, and making sure that they know that these things are not okay. I wonder if you can speak to that a little bit and 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 in doing that, talk about what we can do at a local level, you know, the, those of us who are just in our local communities and, and different things like that, are there are there things that we can do to continue to bring awareness to this and say, hey, this is not okay? Yeah, um, first I just want to encourage you all and those listening that you're doing the right thing by getting involved in this issue, um, by talking to your kids, talking to your friends, and no matter how long it takes, 
doing the right thing is worth it because it's the right thing to do. So don't feel discouraged. Um, persevere because it's the right thing to do. And it matters. It matters even just to one person whose innocence will be lost or whose abuse can be prevented or whose victimization can be can be healed or, you know, these victims can be rescued. It matters to that one person. So don't give up. Hang in there. It's the right thing to do. Um, and I would say at the local level, what you can do is, number one, pick a lane. There's so many issues in this umbrella of sexual exploitation that it can be overwhelming. And that's okay if you feel that way. Um, but pick something that resonates with your heart and, and just hone that lane. And then secondly, partner with other experts in your area. And most states have a, a family policy council or some type of legislative body that is, that is dealing with family issues or sexual exploitation issues. Partner with them and certainly partner with Nicozy and Covenant Eyes so that you have the tools and the resources necessary to, to hone your lane. And then thirdly, I would say um, talk about this with other people. Rally other people to your cause. You don't have to do this alone, and you shouldn't, um, because that's when burnout occurs. So pick a lane, partner with other experts and resources, and then rally other people to your cause. Yeah, you know, one of the things in, in talking about picking something that resonates with you, and, and one of the things that Covenant Eyes is actually proud to, to help sponsor, is this Coalition to End Sexual Exploitation Global Summit that's going on this week, actually, that uh, that Nicosi has. Yeah. And and what we see, and I'll let you give you a couple minutes to talk about it, but what I think is amazing is we see all of these different people, right? We see Covenant Eyes is speaking in different things, different organizations that, that help protect the home and, and, and the family. You know, we see survivors coming forward and sharing their story and how they've been rescued and they've been saved and they, you know, now are going forward and, and helping save others. We see people just bringing forth the research and the damages that that things like pornography and, and sex trafficking um, cause. And, and, and we're bringing it all together in this online video summit that's completely free for people to attend. Um, and, and there's still three days left. It goes through the 24th. I wonder, can you talk a little bit about this and just the beauty of, of all of these people and their different life experiences coming together to help uh, end sexual exploitation? That's the goal. If you want to learn more about how to combat sexual exploitation, this is the summit you want to be at. Um, it, it has been so beautiful to see so many people from various lanes get together on this one issue. You have legal experts, you have tech experts, you have survivors, um, you have um, people who specialize in creating tools for parents to protect their kids. So much. This is a place where you can really network and connect with other people around an issue that is close to your heart in this umbrella. So I encourage you all to please register. You can go to inexploitation.com to register for the summit. And I encourage you to get the package that allows you to view this even after the summit is done. The summit ends this Saturday. It's been going on since Tuesday. It will end Saturday. Uh, you still have time to join for free. But I do encourage you to get the package that allows you to, to view all of these great resources even after the summit is over. Um, but this is definitely the place you want to be to connect and network and get educated. Trina, thanks so much for being on the air with us this morning and talking about, you know, such an important issue. And, and thank you for all the work that, that you do. You know, it's, it's not easy 
Um, as you mentioned, you know, some some battles take a decade or more. I'm sure there's battles that uh, that have been going on for longer than a decade, but but the fact that Nicosia is there and willing to to stand up and, and rally people uh, to to bring meaningful change is is um, quite amazing and and really a gift to not just our, our country but our local communities um, who experiencing experience these things. You know, I think maybe one thing that that we can just touch on just briefly. We only have about a minute left, but you know, um, these, these things don't just happen at, at a national level. You know, trafficking, different things like that, they, they happen in our local communities. Um, and so, you know, being able to to have an organization like Nicosi get involved at a local level, state level, national level, um, and bring awareness to this um, and how we can be involved is, is really a great thing. So, Petrina, thanks so much for, for being on with us this morning. Again, if you wanted to be a part of that summit, you can visit nsexualexploitation.org. That's nsexualexploitation.org. Thank you, Petrina. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Steve. Yep. Have a great day. You too. Up next, folks, her goal is to help women heal after trauma and understand their true identity. Stay with us on Real Presence Live here. We're going to come back and interview with Elsa Spady. And she's also, uh, her family, originally from the Bismarck area, helped us with our 91.3 FM station getting on the air. So a little bit uh, walk down memory lane. And we're also going to talk with her about her healed and restored ministry. Coming up next, right here on Real Presence Live. Don't go anywhere. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.